This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, if you've got a Bible, go with me to John 17. John 17. Been talking about faith. We're going to keep speaking on faith. My, my believing needs to line up with the Word of God. My thinking needs to line up with the Word of God. And even my confession or my speaking needs to line up with the Word of God. So every aspect of me, I, I got to get in line with the Word of God. It's, it's that important. And when we talk about the confession, the things that come out of your mouth, the words that come out of your, your, your mouth and, and my mouth, these locate me. If you ever want to know where, what you're really believing God or what you're really expecting, just listen to what you're saying because your words will locate you. Also, your words will fix the landmark of your life. What I mean by that is you will never rise above the level of your confession. Your faith will never grow or your faith will never go, grow or go beyond the level of what you're speaking. So up your speaking and ultimately my confession should lead to possession. Because the very things I'm going to speak, that's what's going to be going to happen. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so just remember that. You know in 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. So it tells me that when fear shows up, it isn't from God. God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but a love power and the soundness of mind. So here's the question I ask you. What do you speak? Do you speak fear out of your mouth? Or do you speak love, power, and the soundness of mind? Because fear activates the devil the same way faith activates God. You go through the New Testament and you'll see over and over that people's needs, people's circumstances, they didn't move God. What moved God? Faith. How do I know that? Well, think about the one with the issue of blood in Mark 5.34. Jesus said to her daughter, your need moved me. No, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. I mean, over and over, the, 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 the thing that God always looked for was faith. Now, I want to get some word in you again tonight. John 17, verse 17, red letter words, Jesus talking. And he says, sanctify. Set them apart. How? Sanctify them by your truth. Now, listen to the last part of that verse. Your word is truth. The word of God is truth. And, and the best thing I can tell you about the word of God, it doesn't ever change. God never changes it. Remember, God cannot lie. The New Living says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Now, I believe this with all my heart. If me and you will learn to apply the Word of God on a daily basis, the Word of God will begin to make an effect or impression on your life. No matter what your circumstances are, the Word of God will begin to work. But i got to be diligent. i got to get into the Word. You know, I, I remember when I was at college, my, my college track coach, he, he told us this. He said, listen. Just go to class. Just go to class, okay? That's all I ask you to do. Just go to class. Some of you in, 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 that were in college, you remember those days. They said, just go to class. Why? They knew if you would just attend, something would begin to happen. 
you may begin to, to let that soak in. Well, I, I believe it's the same in the, the kingdom of God. Just go to class. What does that mean? Just get in the word of God. Turn a couple pages back to your left, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. So he said, man, let the word of God be truth in your life. Let, the, let, let it be the deciding factor in your life, the word of God. John 8. Verse 31, I want to read verses 31 and 32, and it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, the ones who believed, they were believers. They got over in faith. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What would make you free? The truth, the word. Now, a lot of believers will quote John 8, 32. It'll just jump out of their mouth. You know the truth, the truth will make you free. Well, is that true? Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I believe it's a yes and no answer. It is true if I obey verse 31. Verse 32 will not happen unless I, I, I obey verse 31. Look back at verse 31, and he's going to give you some insights on, on the key to how verse 32 op operates. If you abide in my word... That word abide means if you live in my word, if you remain faithful in my word, if you stay with my word, you are my disciples indeed. And, get that, get that, the start of verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So when I look at this, I, I got to keep in the word. I got to stay in the word. And when I stay in the word and I live by the word of God and I make the word of God every part of me, it unleashes the promises of the truth of God. It'll unleash it. But I got to stay with the word. I got to stay with the word. I got to stay with it. Look at, look at John 14. John 14, verse 15. I just want to read this one verse to you real quick. John 14, verse 15. Jesus' words again. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me. So the proof of the love that I have for Jesus isn't with just me saying it. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. He said, if you love me, then obey my commands. So the true uh, definition of having a relationship and that salvation is alive in my life is that I obey him. I got to get over and start obeying the Lord in every area of my life. Now, a number of weeks back, we talked about this, that you're either going to live with head faith or heart faith. One of the two. The illustration that we used about head faith was a guy named Thomas. Remember, Thomas is the disciple who said, unless I see the prince on Jesus' hands, and unless I touch or feel the hole in his side, I will not believe. So everything that Thomas said he was believing was based on head faith or physical senses. The other illustration that we used was a man named Abraham. It says about Abraham, this is Romans 4, starting in about verse 17. It said that Abraham did not waver he did not stagger at the promises of God. So what that means, that when God spoke to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, 
Abraham, he believed God based on what God said. And that's where me and you got to get over. I've got to believe the word of God above my circumstances. Now, just real quick, think back about Abraham's life. God told him, he said, listen, dude, I'm, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham's 100 years old. But he didn't, he didn't stagger at the promise of God. When God said that to him, he's 100 years old and Sarah's 90 years old. And he didn't say, man, God, you better, you better rain down some Viagra on me because I need help. He didn't say anything. I mean, he just, be- I shouldn't have probably said that, but I did. <laughs> Bless him. Let me get my train of thought back here again. God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he said, okay, okay, okay. I believe it, Lord. I believe it. And that's where I believe every one of us need to get. You know, in, in, um, in 1 Corinthians 5, no, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says that we are to, to walk by faith and not by sight. The great evangelist, a man you'll hear me reference a lot, a man named Smith Wigglesworth said this, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what the Word of God said. And I believe that's exactly where God wants to get every one of us, where no matter what my circumstances. See, when you see the promises of God, there are no buts to it. A lot of times we want to say, but, 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 but. No, 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 no. I got to get to the place where I read the Word of God and I say, okay, Father God, you said it and I believe it. How many have ever seen the bumper sticker that says, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Now, you may have not seen that. It used to be on a lot of bumper stickers. And I remember one day I was looking at one of those bumper stickers, and God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And right there in my heart, the Lord spoke up, and he said to me, he said, that's not true. And I said, why isn't it true, Lord? And he said, I said it, and whether you believe it or not, it's still true. And I thought, that's the truth. That's the truth, God's word. Go with me to Hebrews 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to dig in a little bit deeper tonight and just see how far we can go. Hebrews 4. We will begin in verse number 1. Talking about faith. Verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. Since a promise remains. Now what this is talking about, way, 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 way back, the Lord promised the Israelites... He promised them rest, but they didn't believe him. But he said, the promise still remains. And it does. In in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, all the promises of God are yea and amen. Every one of them. So when God made a promise in this book, he didn't change his mind. He didn't say, sorry, guys, I was just kidding. No, it still remains. And so it says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Now, a lot of times people don't experience the promise of God because the difficulties of this present life, they overshadow His promise. And we get so caught up in the difficulties of our life right now that we say, man, that's not going to happen for me. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Now remember, 
according to Romans 10, 17, the only way faith comes is by hearing the word. But it says they heard the word, but it didn't profit them. So just hearing the word isn't what's going to bring the results. Watch what he goes on to say here. They heard the word, but it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So it's one thing for me to hear the word of God, but when he says they didn't mix faith with it, you know what that means? They didn't believe it. And so I, I can hear the word. I can know the word. I can tell you scripture back and forth. Maybe we can do that back and But you know what? It doesn't do me a bit of good unless I get to a place in my life where I say, I believe your word, Father God. And I believe it's going to happen. And so this is what he begins to tell me and you right here. The New Living says, for only we believe will get the promises. For only we who believe. Same chapter, verse number 6. Since therefore it, the promise remains, that some must enter it, and to those to whom it must first, was first preached, they did not enter because of disobedience. And so he goes all the way back to the Israelites and he said to them, it was told them the promises, but they never did enter what I had for them because disobedience. They didn't appropriate it. And so he's, he's trying to make this very clear to us and he goes on to say in verse 7, again, he designates a certain day saying in David, today, after such a long time it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And so the invitation with the promises of God, it's today. It's right now. He didn't say, guys, you got to wait till you get to heaven. He said, today, right now. And so I have to come to the place in my life where I determine, you know what? I'm going to obey God today. I'm going to get over in faith and I'm going to start believing God. Same chapter, verse 11. Let us, therefore... Be diligent. This is the second time tonight we've heard the word diligent. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. Least anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. And so he's telling us, learn from the example of disobedience that the Israelites gave us. They wouldn't allow the word of God to govern them. It takes faith for the word of God to govern us. Where you say, you know what, Father God? I don't care what my circumstances are. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to believe you and trust you. Now, we can't plead ignorant when we've heard the word. You know what the cure for ignorance is? You got to get knowledge. You started getting the word of God. But then on the other side, I, I can't know the word and then not do the word because it doesn't do me no good. So you know what the cure is for knowing the word and not doing the word? It's obedience. And so the key for every one of us in this room, I got to get knowledge. I got to understand what the Bible says to me. I got to understand what the promises are. Every one of us. And then I got to begin to obey it. I say, oh, Father God, I receive that. I, I receive that in my life. I desire that. Verse 12. For the word of God is living, it's alive, and it's powerful. That word power, powerful means it's at work, it's active, and it's effective. Now, the only way the Word of God becomes alive and powerful in your life and my life is I accept it. I embrace it. 
and I begin to act on it. You want to see the Word of God come alive in your life? Begin to speak it and begin to think it and begin to believe it and begin to act on it. Where's that found in the Bible? That's Joshua 1. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it there and day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. But it comes down to me getting a hold of the Word of God. Now, I want, I want to take you to this, this scripture. I'm going to jump through my scriptures here. Go to Acts 27. I've got to show you this, and I believe this will really help you. Acts chapter 27. This is a passage here about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is on, his, on a ship. He's on a voyage to Rome. It's where he's heading. And so I pick up in Acts 27. Verse 9, now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast was already over, Paul advised him. Now, listen to what it's talking about. The fast was already over. That was referring to the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement took place in late September or early October. Then it said that the sailing was dangerous. The worst time that you could sail in that area where he was going to be sailing was mid-September through early November. So this is the time frame it's in. So look what happens, verse 10. So Paul said, men, I, I perceive, I sense, I sense in my heart that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So they didn't listen to Paul. They said, listen, buddy, we're going. I don't care what you think or say. So they go ahead and start sailing, and it gets bad. Verse 21. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. So he's beginning to warn. He said, listen, fellas, we could have avoided all this if you would have just listened. Verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart, to take courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now, I believe all those, those, those sailors that are on their ship they're looking and they're thinking, it's getting ready to get bad. But the Apostle Paul, he tells them differently. And, and he said there in, in verse number 22, he said, there will be no loss of life, only the ship. So you know what that means? It's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. The ship is going to get tore up and wrecked. But listen, listen. Nobody's going to die. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And the angel said to me, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God. I believe God. I believe what God said. Above what the ocean looks like, 
how bad it may, I believe God. In other words, I get over in faith and I trust what God said. Now, Mark eleven twenty three, it says, that whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast to see, not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he saith, he will have whatever he says. Now, I can begin to speak to the mountain, but if I don't believe those things that I'm saying to the mountain, it's never going to happen. So even when I begin to speak out of my mouth, I must begin to believe, get over in faith that the things I'm saying will take place. Mark eleven twenty four says, And whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So the next thing that the Lord said to us, even when you pray, believe those things that you pray are going to happen. So I think about those verses in my own life and I got to sit there and ponder and think, when I pray, do I believe the things that I'm asking God to do in my life? Do I believe they're really going to happen? Truthfully, I can honestly say this. Not every time I've prayed have I really believed it's going to happen. A lot of times this is how we are. Oh, Lord Jesus, do this in my life and in Jesus' name. And we cross our fingers and we say, oh, I hope that happens. But yet he said the key was I got to get over and I got to believe that the things I pray. And so what I got to do is I got to learn to say, Lord, you said this in your word. And because you said this in your word, I'm going to hold fast to that and I'm going to pray that's exactly what you're going to do. So watch this verse right here. Verse 25. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. It will be just as it was told me. What was told him? The angel said, listen, buddy, the ship's going to be tore up, but you're going to make it. And so Paul said, I'm going to believe it just as the word of God was told me. And I believe every one of us, we can get in faith in the same area. When you find scriptures, you can say, I believe just as it was told me. That same verse is cross-referenced, and it goes back to, to Jesus' mother, Mary. And remember, an angel appeared to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And she said, be it to me, just as it was told me. Abraham, when God said to him, dude, you're going to have children, and you're 100 years old, you know what it said? He trusted and he believed what God said. He didn't stagger at the things of God. So right here I look. The key to what happened here with Apostle Paul was this. It will be just as it was told me. See, the thing I want every one of us to see this tonight is this. When life gets hard, it'll be just as it was told me. When life gets difficult, it'll be just as it was told me. When you get in a situation that looks hopeless, you know what you can stand on? It will be just as it was told me. When it seems like it's impossible, you go grasp on the Word of God and you begin to say, it will be to me just as it was told me. And I believe that's exactly where we got to get our faith to the point where we say, you know what? I understand. This is the circumstance. This is what it looks like in the natural, but it'll be just as it was told me. And get your faith out there and begin to believe those things. Why? Because God told me.
That's why it's important every one of us find Scripture. You find Scripture that pertains to you, and when circumstances try to rise up and it overshadows the promise, you say, "Uh uh-huh, this was exactly what was told me, and that's what I'm going to believe. And you stand and you stand and you eliminate buts. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. And so you go back into your life and you think, are there areas in your life where you've ever believed God and you see God work? There's been numerous areas in my life where I had to believe God and I had to trust God. And my, my flesh would get fidgety. My flesh would literally freak out. And I think, it's not working, it's not working. And then I'd get back over in faith and said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I, am I trusting or believing more in the circumstance and the situation than I am what God said? And so it's important. Get Scripture and you write it down. You write it on three by five cards, wherever it's at. You post it where you see it. You put it on your dash of your car. You put it in your purse or your wallet. You tape it on your bathroom mirror. And you keep reminding yourself of that promise. And even with Apostle Paul here, the waves were rocking. It was bad. And if you read the rest of this passage, you know what happens? The ship gets tore up, wiped out. You know how many of them lost their life? None. Just exactly it was told him. And Paul goes strolling on this beach, and there's a group of natives there, and they come out, and they're on by a a fire roasting marshmallows and weenies. That's not the Bible. That's my paraphrased edition. And this snake jumps out of it, and it bites Paul on the hand. And you know what they all say? That's a guilty man. He should die. But you know what happened? The Lord said, Paul, you've got to go to Rome. You've got to go to Rome. You're going to go to Rome. He wasn't in Rome yet. And so you know what happens? God heals him supernaturally. And then Paul himself goes, lays hands on the chief of that tribe, and he gets healed. Just exactly as what was told him. Did Paul ever make it to Rome? He did. But everything he did was based on And that's exactly what was spoken. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.